The Wolves just completing their summer series in Las Vegas. The coach of the team, Kevin Burleson, assistant coach uh, on Chris Finch's staff, but he ran the show out in Vegas, joins us now. And I always enjoy visiting with him on the John Schuster Caldwell Banker Hotline. Kevin, thanks for joining us. No problem. How's it going, y'all? How's it going? Good, man. I, I appreciate you giving us some time after your break after that. What, what's it like when you go to Vegas and you're in the desert for that long and you're, you know, you're trying to keep these uh, young players busy and get a lot done? What, what, what's that like for you to get professionally to coach that team? Yeah, I mean, it, it was an amazing opportunity. I, I, I thank the organization and coach uh, and Chris right afterwards. I'm like, this was an amazing opportunity. I was grateful that I got the opportunity, but I did realize that, uh, you know, Chris kind of teased me. I was like, I, decision fatigue is a little, little real here. I mean, everything stops at me now. And, <laughs> and I, actually, I actually loved it, but he was like, you're being a little baby. You, you don't know. <laughs> this is, this is all, this is a small taste, you know, so it was a good, good joking about that. But these guys are great. This is probably, I've been in a lot of summer league teams and I told the, the kids after, uh, the summer league that it's probably the, the, the best summer league I've been, uh, uh, you know, a part of, especially with how hard they play, you know. So it, it was great, man. And I think most of, for the most part, they're all, they're all locked in. You know, you, you just said it when I watched the summer league games that I watched, mainly the Timberwolves, uh, but a couple others. Uh, maybe it's because the stakes are so high to try to make a team. But these kids play hard, don't they? Mm, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I think it's a little bit to do with us constantly telling them, stay out of trouble, just stay focused. Yep. This is this is your job. This is your career. You know, you only get this time once. You know, so like, do it do it the right way. And um, you know, we constantly as a staff, and I'm sure the agents and other people are telling that too. So, but uh, yeah, this is I mean, prime time in the summer league has grown. Uh, it's, it's amazing now. I mean, tickets are you know even higher. People are trying to come to the game. So, uh, I think it's a good environment. Kevin, the obviously when you make a trade the magnitude of Gobert and you trade away that many players, I'm sure there are lots of guys on a summer team that, that are eyeing a spot or a chance uh, to earn a spot on a roster that was that, that, that has changed and, and, and opened up to a certain degree. Uh, is that a part of the vibe? And do you, Are there a lot of younger players that want a shot with the Wolves because they can see a, a gateway there to the NBA? Yeah, I mean, and especially when you have a new management, you just never know what they're looking for. And so it's kind of exciting time for the, for these guys because they're like, if I just play well this summer, you never know. I can get a two-way, um, partial, something that will get me connected where I get a chance. Because, I mean, you know, the old saying is you only, you only need one person to like you. And once you're in there, you know, it's up to you. Yeah, now, now I want to talk about a couple of players that are forefront for the Timberwolves because they were in the draft. Uh, Josh Minot was um, – uh, he played at Memphis for a year. Uh, I, I met him and interviewed him, um, you know, when he came in for the press conference, and 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 I was, uh, you know, impressed with him. He seemed like a a young man that minded his p's and q's and knew some things. Uh-huh. And, uh, but I, I didn't realize he had the animal instincts in him, man. He he, he gets, uh-huh. I mean, he gets after it. Tell, tell me what you saw there because he looked to me, and I know again, small sample size. He's not playing against the NBA players, but you go, whoa, he he looks like he plans on being in this league for a while. Yeah, I mean, I think in practice we saw a little bit of that. I think after our practice, some of the staff would talk about the intangibles he would make, I mean, things he would make, um, like highlights, and just, just things that you, you just don't see for a young kid like that um, right away. But, you know, he was still, like, raw, so we didn't know how it was going to uh, kind of translate to the game in, in Vegas. And then right away, his first game, he played well. And, and you, you know, every game he was doing something there, you're like, okay, that translates perfect in the NBA. If he can harness that, and improving certain skills, he can have a long career. So I think um, a lot of people were impressed with his play and just 
some of his his skill set is unique, you know, and he has a lot to build on. He's young. Uh, yeah. How do you forecast a kid like that? I mean, how much bigger is he going to get? What's his maturity going to be? Because he played for Memphis, but he he wasn't overwhelming on on that roster. Penny yeah. didn't just give him uh, uh, limitless minutes for sure. Yeah, I mean, you, you, I mean, nowadays with Penny, you go to Memphis, you're going to have yeah players there, so it's going to be pretty tough just to just do what you want there. But um, I think a lot of other people saw the potential. Um, like like for him, like it's you don't want to rush into it. You don't want to just put him out there in the fire too much you want to you know it's all about growth and if you can build on his attitude the way he approaches the game I, i'll tell you after our first loss i mean it was just, i mean it was eight days straight of either practicing or having two a day so i mean i was hard on the guys but i'm like i understand both teams legs were dead and they both shot bad josh was so upset and we had a day off the next day he was trying to find a way to get in the gym and get shots up and i'm like you know and I, i'm trying to tell him you know similarly we have another game coming don't worry but he he he's such a, a basketball player in terms of like he wants to be a winner, not just the lifestyle of it. He wants to be a winner. Yeah, he, he even used the cuss word in the post game interview live, and he <laughs> caught himself. You you probably heard about that, but yeah. you know, uh, <laughs> you know, he's learning the NBA, right? How about how about the Moore kid from Duke? What did you see? Yeah, I mean, when you see uh, Wendell uh, right away, you see he has that uh, the body and the. Uh, somewhat of the uh, movements that like an NBA player needs to have. Um, I think we, uh, you know, in the summer league, we try to do things uh, where we kind of see what the player can do. We put Wendell at the point a lot and, you know, made him run the show and which is, he can do it, but he's not, that's not his natural position. So there was a little uh, learning curve there in terms of knowing all of our sets and stuff like that. But I think he did a pretty good job with that. Um, We all were trying to tell him just to be more aggressive because, we do think he has, you know, he could have shown a lot more, I believe, but at the same time, he was trying to play the right way, which I love. You know, sure. he wasn't just trying to be a selfish kid out there. So, I, yeah, his guy's a limit for him. I really love him. I, I have other coaches come up to me and, and was like, wow, like, he's going to be good. Kevin Burleson, our guest, and I go back far enough with you, Kevin, and, and dialed in mm-hmm. enough that I remember you had to make the transition from shooting guard basically to a point guard yep. and run the offense for the Gophers. I've often yep. thought that the most difficult thing is to transition from anywhere to a point guard. How difficult mm-hmm. is that? It, it Was that for you? How difficult is that for a kid? Because you really do have to see a different game and not just be thinking score first. Yeah, it's difficult because your natural – I mean, you build – some of your natural instincts you build over time, especially as a kid. So, like, you if you're thinking score first, and that's a natural instinct, and then you have to, like, now think of it more as a zoom out and understand certain players, what they want to do, and this and that. At the same time, have a you know, complete grasp of the offense and what other players, when they forget, telling them what to do. So it's all this. And you're like, wait a minute. All I have to do is just shoot and score before. Now i got to think about all this. Yeah. So it is, a, it, is a, it is definitely a learning curve. And for me, uh, it was a little hard, but at the same time, like I was just like, okay, cut my turnovers down and <laughs> just try to get the ball run off. And you know, I'll, if I'm open, I'm a shooter. So, uh, you know, I try to make it as simple as possible, but it is tough. Do you see though, Kevin? Now, as kids, if they have great ball skills and they can shoot it, uh, you know, we're seeing so many different experimentations now, the NBA and beyond. Do you see that that that, that the two point guard approach is a pretty can be a pretty good one because from the wing you can you know you can run an offense from the wing too. Once you get the ball, you're, you're just looking at space and, and how to attack it. Uh, do, do you think that will be a trend? Yeah, I mean, I mean, you look at it like a lot of times with the two point guards. If it, if you got a guy that's you know maybe not a true point guard, um, but he gets into the ball, he's, he has a you know bigger body than a, 
a, a six one or six foot or five eleven point guard or whatever, and he gets him to the ball and he defends and all you gotta do is initiate the offense and then if he has a chance to straight line drive he can. You see what Boston did uh, uh in uh, a couple of yeah. games at the time of guard. So like I just think like that's gonna be a more of a trend just because like just be real, I mean, some of the players that are the stars of your team are, you know, they're two, three and four maybe, you know, and they yep. They're, they're the guys that are getting the ball. So if you just got a guy that can initiate the offense, but at the same time, maybe a bigger body that can guard. That's why, like, uh, Wendell's uh, intriguing because, you know, he keeps learning the NBA defenses and, like, really uh, proves on that he can be, be good. All right, last question, Kevin. You also have sat there and done scouting reports for people that don't know the way it works on most NBA teams is they assign different games to different coaches, mm-hmm. and you're in charge of the scouting reports. So you, 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 you break down a lot of different teams along the way. Yeah. When you see Rudy Gobert, what did you see when you played against him, and what will fans see when he gets here in terms of the way you guys play? Well, um, one of the things is we have to constantly tell our guards to go to the rim to finish, meaning like just his presence sometimes just deters you to even go to the rim. Like he'll, Or if he's there, now you might throw up a quicker shot. or So like we always have to tell our guards or whoever is attacking the basket, like, don't don't see Rudy Gobert. Just see that you're going to attack with force and finish. Finish. But it's easier said than done because he's long, he's smart, and then when you get when you get around the basket, you want to change your shot. So I think the fans are going to see that uh, immediately. Like they're going to see that his presence is going to just like it's going to improve our defense uh, a lot. So I can't wait to see it. I, I can't either. Hey, Kevin, thank you so much for giving us some time on your time off. I look forward to seeing you at the gymnasium soon. Say hi to your buddy, Nate. Tell him he's doing a good job in the mornings, okay? Appreciate it, and I will, I will. And, hey, you guys, it's hot out here. I'm I'm still, like, I'm in Arizona now, and it's, huh. it's, it's burning, so it's burning all is, is it as hot as they say in Arizona? Oh, yeah, man. It's, it's, it's burning. But I just came from Vegas, so it's the same. <laughs> <laughs> all right. You enjoy yourself. Yeah. Go, go get in the pool somewhere, Kevin. Thank you. I, I will. Thank you. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.